Those who are crazy enough to believe they can change the world are the ones who do. I'm probably the most hated man on the internet. I believe the Bible is absolutely true and scientifically accurate. God made everything in six days, about 6,000 years ago, which means dinosaurs had to live with Adam and Eve. Open-mindedness is the willingness to search actively for evidence against one's favored beliefs. I said, okay, now, sir, hold it. If I told you that I believe about 6,000 years ago God created the heaven and the earth like the Bible teaches, you're going to say, and where did God come from? And I don't know. But you said 20 billion years ago there was a big bang, and you don't know where the dirt came from. So basically, I believe in the beginning God, and you believe in the beginning dirt. I do debates against atheists defending the Bible as being correct, and evolution as being one of the dumbest and most dangerous religions in the world. Termites chew on wood and they swallow it, but termites can't digest it. It goes into their stomach and there's little tiny critters in their intestines that actually digest the cellulose. Now those little critters can't live without the termite and those termites can't live without those critters. Which one evolved first? My contention is there is absolutely nothing scientific about the evolution theory if we define what we mean by evolution carefully. Why do you think when you say evolution is dangerous? How so? Man has a body, a spirit, and a consciousness of God that no animal has. I like science. I taught high school science for 15 years. I am not against science, but I'm against using lies to support a theory. What about dinosaurs? Reptiles never stop growing. If they could live to be 900 like the Bible says the people did, what would happen to a lizard when he got to be 900? He'd be 50 feet long. He'd be a dinosaur. Remember, love is the frequency of God. Fear is the frequency of the evil one. Anthony DiClemente here with the Biohacking Secrets Show, and we have got a great episode for you today. But before we dive in, I wanted to share something that's important for all of us to carry with us throughout this conversation. Open-mindedness is the willingness to search actively for evidence against one's favored beliefs, plans, or goals, and to weigh such evidence fairly when it is available. More specifically, open-minded, free thinking requires you follow the evidence regardless of how it makes you feel. If we are to heal ourselves, our planet, and create a better future for our children, then we must leave our adult fairy tales behind and seek to understand the true nature of our reality. When you shine a light on cockroaches, they scatter. Conversely, Burying our heads in the sand and pretending these atrocities taking place in our world will just go away without our active and conscious opposition is itself a negative and dark act of omission. When we expose the horrendous actions of these people of the lie, this is an act of love. When we bury our heads in the sand, practice willful ignorance, or accept a comfortable lie over an inconvenient truth, we are acting out of fear and we are enabling the perpetrators. Stockholm syndrome is a term for the mental health condition where captors cower to authoritarian figures and validate the cruel acts forced upon them by their oppressors. In doing so, we almost always betray our spirit and the well being of our future generations. Have the courage to prioritize truth in everything you think, speak, and do. Remember, love is the frequency of God. Fear is the frequency of the evil one. As you listen to this episode, you may find yourself asking, how can I help? 
Awareness of the enemy and their deceptions is required. Then we can unify to reject all forms of tyranny and inequality. This includes that which is being pushed upon us and that which we ourselves push upon any and all living creatures. If any part of this episode resonates with you, have the courage to share it. Send it to anyone and everyone who might listen. Throughout history, those who are crazy enough to believe they can change the world are the ones who do. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoy this episode with Dr. Kent Hovind. It truly is an honor to, to meet you. I came across one of your videos a few months ago, and it was, uh, it was Where Did God Come From? Mm-hmm. And you were you were debating an evolutionist. <coughs> yeah, three of three of yeah. yeah. Three against one. <laughs> your uh, your response blew my mind, and and you know for a lot of reasons, not only because of your level of coherence and the uh, the the intellectual approach that you brought to your response, but also the the balls that it took for you to put yourself in that position and say, "I'll take on." Anyone. I had a debate last night, number Did three, you? number three forty. Yeah, they're smarter than me, but I'm right. They're wrong. It's real simple. <laughs> yeah. So, um, for our listeners who haven't who haven't seen any of your stuff, I, I you know I would recommend starting where I started, which is that that where did God come from video. I sent it to Luke here and said, you got to check this guy out. He's uh, he's he's a gangster, and, <laughs> and and Luke was like, he's from Pensacola where I grew up. Yeah, and had uh, had a big influence on my life. And I was like, I'd love to have him on the podcast and, and have a conversation. And here we are. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Anastasia then reached out and set it up. Well, I mean, I guess for maybe for our listeners who aren't familiar with your work, how do you introduce yourself when, when people say, what do you do? I'm probably the most hated man on the internet. Uh, I'm Kent Hovind. I've been a, a Baptist preacher almost 50 years. I taught high school science and math for 15 years. And I do seminars all over the world on science and the Bible. I believe the Bible is absolutely true and scientifically accurate. God made everything in six days, about 6,000 years ago, which means dinosaurs had to live with Adam and Eve. So we have a dinosaur adventure land uh, camp up in Alabama, Lenox, Alabama. Just type in dinosaur adventure land. Uh, I do debates against atheists defending the Bible as being correct and evolution as being one of the dumbest and most dangerous religions in the world. And it's nothing but a religion. Why do you think when you say evolution is dangerous— how so? Well, we teach the kids they're an animal, and then we wonder, why do they act like animals? Well, duh, you taught them that. See, man is different than animals. Plants, are, there's, three, there's three types of life forms on Earth. There's plant life, which has a body, but it doesn't seem to be aware of its, uh, that it's alive. You know? uh, then there's animals, which are different than plants, obviously, in some way. Animals would have a body and a, a spirit. Man has a, a consciousness of life. Man has a body, a spirit, and a consciousness of God that no animal has. And so we're telling—I t- I asked atheists last night, I do this all the time. I say, would it be wrong for you to go next door and kill your neighbor's baby and eat it? He said, well, yeah. I said, well, the lion does it to the zebra all the time. Why aren't you out there protesting that? Is there something different between lions and humans? Is there a moral code that we have that they don't have? Because they eat their neighbor's baby all the time. Okay, What is different? See, God made man in his image. Mm. And if you look at the dates in the Bible, it says Adam was 130 when Seth was born. Seth was 105 when Enos was born. Genesis 5 gives a bunch of dates, and you can add them up. And Genesis 11 gives more after Noah's flood. 
The Bible teaches clearly the earth is about 6,000 years old, and God made it. I ask atheists all the time, if uh, those who believe in evolution, how do you tell right from wrong on any topic? How do you tell right from, where's your standard? What do you measure this by? They don't have one. How do you tell right from wrong? It's that simple. So if you teach the kids, look, there's a God, you're going to face him one day for judgment. Oh, Dylan Klebold and Eric Harris, the kids in Columbine High School that did it, shot everybody, shot 12 kids and their teacher and then killed themselves, okay? They were very strong believers in evolution. And they, took, they did the shooting on Hitler's birthday on purpose. Adolf Hitler was an ultimate evolutionist. He was trying to speed up the process. I got slides here if you want to see all that. But Hitler said, we, there, he said, which race of humans has evolved farther? That was his thinking. Mm -hmm. And he said, obviously, the blonde-haired, blue-eyed Norwegian. I happen to be blonde-haired, blue-eyed Norwegian. Okay. And so he thought they were the superior race, and it really would help the world to eliminate the inferiors. I've got Hitler's hit list right here. Hitler thought, here's the list that he was going on, uh, let's see, or close to pure Aryan. Way at the bottom of the list was the Jews. They were the, they were the he called them close to pure ape. Right above them was black Africans. He said, they're second. They're going to go on next. Hitler hated black people. Hmm. And when Jesse Owens, the American athlete, black American athlete, won the most gold medals in Berlin when the Olympi Olympics, 1936, Hitler refused to shake his hand and walked out of the stadium. Hmm. He said, it's not fair to make my men race against this animal. The, the, the thinking of that evolution is driven, the evolution drives people into thinking that if one animal evolves a little better than the rest, what has to happen to the rest of them for this to work? Well, they got to die. So the superior one takes over. So I, I teach on evolution, the most dangerous religion there is, and it's nothing but a religion. Nobody's ever seen a dog produce a non-dog, ever. And so the uh, we have our website, drdino.com, teaching about dinosaurs, because that's a big thing when someone says, hey, you believe the Bible, what about dinosaurs? I say, very simple. Reptiles never stop growing. Humans stop growing at 16 or 18, vertically. Some go horizontally after that, but reptiles never stop. If they could live to be 900, like the Bible says the people did, what would happen to a lizard when he got to be 900? He'd be 50 feet long. It'd be a dinosaur. The largest tortoise in the world today is five foot, but they find fossil tortoises 12 foot. Okay, well, how do you explain that? Simple to a Christian. Before the flood came, the world was different. People lived to be 900. There's lots of countries that have a legend called a golden age. They say, oh yeah, man used to live to be a thousand. Just Google golden age. Why would they have this crazy legend? Well, it's based on the truth. They did live to be a long, did live a long time. So I teach on how this evolution theory is the foundation for communism, socialism, Marxism, Nazism, and the New World Order. I was down here in Pensacola, just two miles down the street at my house, and a SWAT team came to my house uh, in 2006 and arrested me. I said, what am I being arrested for? They said, for structuring. I said, I don't know what that is. They took me to court. And we, it's a completely bogus case, okay? But when the SWAT team came in, they said, get every DVD number five you can find. My seminar part five has talked about the dangers of evolution. They raided the place, seized everything they could seize, put me in prison for nine years, over taking your, structuring has taken your money out of the bank in amounts less than $10,000. See, the Congress passed a, well, that's a long story. There's a guy did a YouTube channel, Kent Hovind is innocent.net. He said, Kent, the government broke 100 laws to put you in prison. Wow. So in prison, I wrote 37 books, earned two more doctor's degrees, and led 800 men to the Lord, and half the Bible's written from prison, so I didn't like it. But yeah, I got, I got a, a, just a question. You know, you, you just practically, uh, evolution being very dangerous. I also, 
think it's used as an excuse. I hear things like, oh, he was just being primal or let's say a, a male being promiscuous. You mm-hmm. know, you have this rooster chicken and, yeah. you know, we all know how I have chickens. Don't know if you guys sure. have or, but One rooster likes all the hens. There yep. you go. And so, you know, I think breaking it down s- simplistically too, um, to your point, do we go kill the, the person next door and eat their baby? You know, uh, I, a rooster of mine ate, uh, a chick as well. Sure. And so is that also used and taught you that you can use that as a crutch of, you know, Anthony, you know, you're just being primal, you know, or you, it's primitive to do that. So it's okay. Cause where I'm going with this is you hear a lot of mindset coaches teaching men this. And if you think about it, that, you know, how you just described, we are different. Um, I think that that is pretty important. Yeah, we're not just an animal. There's something spiritual about us. And just ask ask any evolutionist the simple question, how do you tell right from wrong? They can't answer it. They have no way to tell right from wrong. There's no such thing as wrong if evolution is true. Is it wrong to go next door and eat the neighbor's baby? The lion does it all the day long. Right. So where's the standard for right and wrong? That's why I say, well, the, the kids in Columbine High School, they were strong believers in evolution. One of their kid, dad's, kids' dad was a geologist. The geologists teach that each of the layers of the earth is a different age, a different age, the geologic column. They don't tell you that this is not found any place in the world. There is no geologic column. The whole thing is made up in 1830. It's true the earth has layers, but how can they be different ages? I ask them all the time, if the top layer is younger, where did it come from? Hmm. Did it come from outer space? Are these layers being added to the earth? How can it be different? They're all the same age. Moving it from here to here does not make it a different age. Shuffling cards doesn't make the top card younger. Every speck of dirt on the planet is the same age, whether it's 6,000 or 6 trillion. But this geologic column is actually the Bible for the atheist. That's the way they think. They think back in the Jurassic period. There's no such thing as a Jurassic period. It's such a lie. I have a whole video series, number video number four, is called Lies in the Textbooks. I go through 50 lies that are used to present the evolution theory as part of science. Last night, the guy brought up five of them. I was ready right away to answer them. Uh, I said, there's no such thing as a geologic column. Um, Look at this. Here you go. Charles Lyell made this up, British lawyer, purpose being to discredit the Bible. He was close friends with Charlie Darwin, okay? Mm -hmm. Uh, He made up the idea that each of the layers of the earth is a different age, this geologic column. They say the top layer is only 10,000 years old. The bottom layer is 2.5 billion. Where was all this dirt sitting for 2.5 billion years? How can the layers be different ages? Where did it come from? Outer space? There's no geologic column. I show them pictures like this, which blows their mind, what little bit they got left. All over the world, petrified trees are found standing up, running through all the layers. One tree, petrified, standing up, connecting all the layers. I say, guys, how long does a dead tree stand around? couple years. If all those layers were formed in one big flood in the days of Noah, they would all form in one year. Mm-hmm. Sure, that's reasonable. See, if the, if the moon is pulling the tide up and down, right now the moon pulls the tide. Well, we, it's where it spins under the moon, so it looks like the tide to us is going up and down, okay? But that's because it you, keeps— You do believe the Earth spins? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm not a flat earther and I'm a, geocent- I'm a geocentric. The Earth spins and it goes around the uh, moon. I'm, I'm interested to talk about that, too, because okay. like— well, Anyway, the, the tide is pulling the, the moon's pulling the water up and down. Yeah. Which means if, if it's holding that tidal bump under the moon while the earth spins, 
from one side, it's constantly sucking water into that bump at the same speed the Earth is turning the other way. Well, at the North Pole, it's turning zero miles an hour. <clears throat> at the equator, it's 1,037.6. Up where I live in Lenox, Alabama, we're turning 886 miles an hour toward the east. If the water was going 900 miles an hour, what would that do? Well, it would take all the rocks and roll them against each other, like a rock tumbler, and round them off. I live in the middle of a 140-acre old gravel pit. We have trillions of rocks that are all rounded off. The gravel layers that start in Alabama go to North Carolina. There's 500 miles of seven gravel layers. You can dig anywhere in there and hit gravel. They make gravel pits all over the place between Alabama and North Carolina. Yeah, there's one right by, I've got 65 acres in North Carolina. There there's go. a gravel pit right sure. there. Right down and the I bet the rocks are rounded off. Smooth rocks. They call it river rock when you go to buy it at the hardware store. That's pure baloney. It's, moon, it's from the flood. The moon just simply holds a bump of water. But today, <clears throat> the tide goes up and down, and it keeps banging into stuff like continents, you know, Florida, et cetera. If all the continents were gone, if you pushed them all down and smoothed out the world, there's enough water out there to cover the earth a mile and a half deep. It's an ocean's average 12,000 feet deep. <clears throat> if you had a mile and a half of water and the tide was going up and down uninterrupted, it would become harmonic. I taught physics for years, but harmonics, harmonic tide would go up and down 200 feet. Okay, if the water's coming up 200 feet, where's the water coming to fill that bump? Where's it coming from? Sideways. It's constantly being sucked in from all sides, and from the east, it's always being sucked in at the speed the earth is turning the other way. So the water going in and out of that tidal bump is what's going to make all these layers in a few hours. Interesting. All this, this up in Birmingham, uh, north of, I just drove through there yesterday, okay? They find hundreds, this guy, he works there, he's a supervisor, at, he works at Troy State University. He said, yeah, we find petrified trees standing up all the time, running through two seams of coal or three seams of coal. And what do people say when you show them this? They go to a new topic. Ah. They <laughs> I say, guys, <clears throat> you're telling me these layers are different ages. It is just simply not logically possible. But see, when you do this, you're attacking their Bible. This is their Bible, the geologic column. They think that way. They, 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 they talk in terms of, well, back in the Cretaceous period, there's no such thing as a Cretaceous period mm -hmm. or Jurassic. All these layers formed in one year from the tide going up and down. The Bible says Noah was in the ark for seven months, and then it hit bottom. Then he stayed in five more months because things had to dry out, stuff had to start growing again. Well, during seven months, you divide that by six hours, 12 and a half minutes of tidal change. Noah saw 880 tidal changes. The water going up and down 880 times, which sucking water in and out, is going to make all these layers in one year. Very interesting. And they're going to, going to contain layers of gravel. And they say the fossils are sorted in there. The birds are on top because they evolved last. And the clams are at the bottom because they evolved first. I say, guys, <clears throat> clams are at the bottom because they already live at the bottom. <laughs> they're the first ones buried. Wouldn't they be? Yeah. And maybe birds are on top because they're the last ones to drown in a flood. Yeah, they fly. They fly around until <laughs> they run out of fuel. Then they, When they do die, they float. Mm -hmm. So, of course, there's a sorting to the fossils based upon body density, based upon habitat, based upon mobility. Clams can't run very fast. Maybe they're sorted based a little bit on intelligence. Clams aren't too smart. But, they, but they put, the kids are taught this from the time they're in kindergarten. They, you show, show a five-year-old a picture of a dinosaur and ask him, What's this? Well, that's a dinosaur. He probably knows the name of it, okay? Brachiosaur, Cetosaur, Mementosaur. Say, when did they live? He'll say, millions of years ago. The kid can't even read yet, but he's already been brainwashed into this millions of mm, years. Yeah. 
that's one of the things that I find fascinating about evolution is when you ask someone who, who considers himself to either believe in evolution or, or considers himself to be an evolutionist, why they believe that, uh, oftentimes the answer that you get is, is scientific consensus. You know, a lot of yeah. other smart people said that that's true. Right. Sure. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm fascinated by a total lack of transitional fossils. There's millions of species on right. Earth, and if evolution was the case, you would have transitional fossils going from one species to another, but there are actually none. There are none. And no fossil would count anyway in a court of law. If you brought a bone in and said, Your Honor, this is the ancestor of people today, a freshman law student could say, Your Honor, he doesn't know that's the ancestor of anybody. When you find a bone in the dirt, all you really know is it died. You can't prove it had any children. You can't prove it had children that are different than themselves. No animal today can do that, produce an animal, produce offspring other than the same kind. Cows make cows, baby, cow, horses make horses. There is no exception. But they somehow think a bone in the dirt can magically do something that no animal today can do. No animal makes an offspring. God said 24 times in the first seven chapters, the animals would bring forth after their kind. That's all any farmer has ever seen in the history of the world. Ask anybody, my, my wife's family, come. There, I'll, I'll raise dogs and sell them the fancy little pugs and stuff like that. Yeah, they said, you can take generic mutts and we can selectively breed them and within 100 years, we'll get all the kinds of dogs you have today. Great Dane, Chihuahua, and everything in between. But it's still a dog. With the Chihuahua, maybe just barely, but it's still a dog. Okay? And so that's all you get. They bring forth after their kind. But they make these stupid family trees and show the Chihuahua and the whale having a common ancestor. That's not science. That's mm -hmm. propaganda. Yeah. And I point that out to them cheerfully in Christian love. I say, guys, you're, 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 there is no geologic column. There is no fossil record. There's a lot of fossils, trillions of them. I got a, I got a museum up there. Blow your mind. You got to come see our museum in Lenox, Alabama. But there's a lot of fossils. But they don't, they don't, they don't talk, and there's no date stamped on them. These fossils simply indicate they, they died and they were buried quickly, exactly like what happened in Noah's flood. It has to be that way. So... Fossils could not prove evolution at all. If you find one that looked like it's half ape, half human, I'm covering that tonight on our channel, Genesis Baptist Church on YouTube. Uh, and we're on, let's see, Rumble and a bunch of other stuff. Joseph, my tech guy, can tell you all about that. Okay, perfect. Let's go to drdino.com. They're all listed on there. But we'll be talking about the so-called cavemen uh, tonight at 7 p.m. Central Time. Um, there's, if you found a bone that looked half human, half monkey, that wouldn't prove anything other than it died. No, no monkey today can produce anything except baby monkeys. Apes make baby apes. Chimpanzees make chimpanzees. Squirrel monkeys make squirrel monkeys. There are no exceptions. Right. And what, what is the argument around that? Uh, maybe we'll witness something over the next million years, or what do they say about evolution not being uh, witnessed? Well, that's, that's when they say, well, it happened long ago. I say, well, then it's not science. Science is what we can observe, study, test, and demonstrate. If you can't observe it, study it, test it, demonstrate it, it's not science. Even if it's true, it's not science. Here's the definition of science. Knowledge gained from using observations and experiments. Okay. Every, every farmer will tell you they've observed cows make cows. Mm -hmm. Nothing else. No exceptions. Science comes from the word Latin word scientia, which means knowledge. What do we know? Well, we know cows make baby cows. That we know. We've seen that. Do we know then that cows are related to a mosquito? No, that you'd have to believe. That's where it becomes a religion. Definition of science, knowledge in the form of testable explanations and predictions. Then this uh, was from whatever dictionary, easy biology class. 
Religions attempt to understand and explain the world, but religion is not considered science. I would agree. Evolution is a religion. Mm -hmm. You have to believe that some animal in the past was able to do something that no animal today can do. They make these absolutely stupid family trees and put them in textbooks, and the kids are taught that an amoeba turned to a ladybug and a human and a dinosaur. We all have a common ancestor. Which goes against what we see in the universe of entropy, right? Things typically sure. go the other direction. Go they don't go apart. from simple to more complex. Right. Well, what? why are they doing this? I think there's a bigger picture. They don't want God telling them what to do, okay? Some people have an ulterior motive for what they do. Usually it's driven by money, okay? Like a lot of doctors, you're into that kind of thing. They don't want cures. They want customers. So if there, was a, if there was a simple cure for a particular problem like a vitamin, for a million British sailors died of scurvy. A million of them. One guy kept hollering. Lind was his name, L-I-N-D, back in the 1700s. They got to get limes, get limes on board the ship. They're not getting fruit. And so they finally ended up calling in the limeys because they brought limes on board and it got vitamin C and stopped scurvy. Here, a vitamin cured a disease that killed a million sailors. Mm -hmm. Well, they don't want a cure for that because that's their paycheck. Right. Suppose all the diseases in the world had a simple cure with a vitamin or mineral. If you took your car to a mechanic <clears throat> and said, listen to my engine, it's making a horrible noise. He said, wow, you're right, that's terrible. Here, put these headphones on and you won't hear it. I don't want you to stop the noise. I want you to stop the cause of the noise, right? You'd get a new mechanic, hopefully. Mm -hmm. So when you say, I've got a headache, and he says, here, take an aspirin. Hold it. You're, you're shutting off the headache, which is a symptom that something else is wrong. So there are people, and it's usually driven by money. Uh, the atheists do not want God telling them what to do. See, if, as soon as they say there's a God, that, that means, well, if there's a God, he created the world, then he owns it, and he can make the rules. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Oh, they don't like that rule, so let's deny he exists. There's an ulterior motive for all of this. I think so, too. Yeah. I, I think, I mean, what we're seeing today, especially since 2020 with, with what happened with uh, COVID and the scandemic <laughs> and everything like that, I yeah, think, the I think there's... It's, <laughs> Absolute I, I think, scandemic. I like that. I'm going to use that one. <laughs> I think we're witnessing a war on God, yeah. and it's it's been going on for a long time, and it starts with a lot of these lies uh, you've mentioned evolution. <clears throat> right. Uh, I'd like to talk about the Big Bang sure. at some point, possibly right now. All right. Um, and then, and also, you know, the true story of how our world came together. But let's, let's kind of get into... Um, well, I do a lot of debates, 340 of them so far. I've got five more scheduled this month, next month. But um, the word evolution is a slippery word. When someone says, do you believe in evolution? I say, what do you mean? It's got six different meanings. First would have to be cosmic evolution, the Big Bang. Where did time, space, and matter come from? The evolutionists say, well, everything came from a dot smaller than a period on a page. Here it is right here from European Space Agency. Time, space, and matter all began with a big bang. In a fraction of a second, the universe grew from smaller than a single atom to bigger than a galaxy. You tell the whole European Space Agency, I'll debate them all, and I'll give them $1,000 if they can squeeze a bottle of water into a dot smaller than an atom. Not the whole Pacific Ocean, not the whole Earth, not all the planets and stars, just a bottle of water. This is so stupid. For anybody to believe that, they got to be certifiably insane. It makes no sense. But they teach it from the time they're little and the kids believe it. And that explosion formed a perfectly Everything. spherical Earth and a perfectly spherical right. moon. It's like the, the, well, and, you start and getting into all it. All the 
other galaxies yeah. and systems as yeah, well. You can't squeeze yeah. a gallon of milk into a dot <laughs> right. like that, okay? But they, they all say this. It began as a Big Bang 13.772 billion years ago, or this one says 13.8, a tiny fireball that exploded. This is stupid. Tell them all I said so. I'll tell them to their face. That is stupid. It's an adult fairy tale. It's a fairy tale. It's all it is. SciTech Daily. The first long-lived particles of matter were kind of kind of protons and neutrons, which together make up the atomic nucleus. Did matter come from nothing? The, see, the evolutionists have to have an answer for how, how did we get here? The Bible says in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth, which raises the question, how did God get here? But see, the question, how did God get here, has a lot of built-in assumptions. Did involves time, past, present, future. Get here involves place. Suppose God is already, he's outside of time, space, and matter. Then the question would be invalid. <clears throat> it's like me asking you, why are elephants orange? You say, well, can't, they're not orange. The question's invalid, okay? To ask where did God come from, where involves space, time. If, if he's already everywhere, he doesn't need to come from anywhere. He's already there. And did involves past, present, future, time. If God's in all space at all time, the question is invalid. So I believe by faith, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. They believe by faith, nothing exploded and made everything. They don't admit that's a religion. <clears throat> but you, this, why don't they do it again in the laboratory? There is no evidence whatsoever for the Big Bang. What they observed is the stars appear to be receding away from us. I would agree with that because of the red shift. Okay? Okay, if all the stars are moving away, what does that mean? They used to be closer. Okay? I would agree with that. Then they say, see, that proves a Big Bang. No, no. 17 times in the Bible, <clears throat> it says God made the earth first, and then he made the stars, and he stretched out the heavens. If God made the earth and then the stars and stretched them out, of course we'd see a red shift. We'd see the taillights of the stars as they disappear into space. So it does not prove a Big Bang. Anyway, I don't know how much time you want to take, but I go all day on this. So here's the six different meanings of evolution. First, you have to have cosmic evolution. Where did time, space, matter come from? Then you have to get chemical evolution because by their theory, <clears throat> the Big Bang produced hydrogen. Okay, well, there's 92 naturally occurring elements. How do you get gold, silver, and platinum out of hydrogen gas? I'd like to learn how to do that. Okay. <laughs> then you've got to have stars evolving, stellar evolution. Nobody has ever seen a star form. We see stars blow up once in a while. That's entropy. That's backwards. They need to see them forming. There's enough stars out there that we know about <clears throat> that every human being on Earth can own 11 trillion of them to yourself. And those are the ones we know about. We don't know about the other ones that we don't know about. Okay? So you'd have to have stars evolving. Then you have to have organic evolution. Life has to somehow come from non-living matter. Then you have to have macroevolution where an animal changes from one kind into another. Nobody's ever seen these first five. Uh, they call this one microevolution, variations within the kind. I object to the term. I think it's lousy, they, but they, okay, we'll, we'll use their term. It's really just a variation. God said they'd bring forth after their kind. That's all anybody's ever seen. Nobody's ever seen anything else. Let's see, stellar, organic, here we go. Life has to get started, organic evolution. I love this one. The earth formed 4.5 billion years ago, National Pornographic, okay? It was a uniform ball of hot rock. Yes, here we go. At first, Earth was a ball of hot, of molten rock. Okay, Earth formed, it was a hot ball of rock. This is what's taught universally in the schools, okay? And the Earth was a hot ball of melted rock orbiting the sun. Earth was a hot, viscous ball of rock. Okay, 
I got the references right here, National Pornographic. You can read them for yourself. I call it that all the way because when I was a kid, it was pornographic. You know, Universe those days, today. Yeah. They really yeah. published it. Okay, here we go. Textbook kids use in school. Earth is thought to have formed 4.6 billion years ago. Mm -hmm. Let's see. Earth began as a hot ball of rock. Is that what they're saying? Okay. Aaron Ra used to be Aaron Nelson. He changed his name to Aaron Ra, the sun god, the Egyptian sun god. He's an atheist. I've debated him once. I'll do it anytime, Aaron, anytime. Bring it up. Okay. He said, no evolutionist ever believed we came from a rock. Earth began as a hot ball of rock. <laughs> 3.9 billion years ago, it began to rain on the rocks and turned them into soup. Here it is. Earth was a hot ball of rock, and then it began to rain on the rocks and turned them into soup. i got hundreds of references. Here's Berserkly University. I'll debate all of them anytime. Then millions of years of rains created the oceans, and swirling in the waters of the oceans is a bubbling broth of complex chemicals. Progress from a complex chemical soup to a living organism is very slow. It's not very slow. It doesn't happen at all. This is imagination. 3.5 billion years ago, the first living organisms appeared in the soup. Earth was a hot, viscous ball of rock. It rained on the rocks for millions of years. Water trapped in the minerals turned into soup, National Geographic. Confessions of a former fireball, how Earth became habitable. Ah, okay. How did it? Earth transformed itself with the help of some weird rocks. And I can go all day on this topic, but they teach that Earth began as a hot ball of rock. It cooled down, rained on the rocks for millions of years, and turned them into soup, and the soup came alive. This is imagination. This is not science. This is fairy tale. SpongeBob stuff. Primordial soup where life began. Science daily. Ooh. Primordial soup. <clears throat> Conditions on Earth four billion years ago. See, they have to answer the question, where did life come from? And then this first life form that came out of the soup had to somehow transform itself into everything else today. So that little amoeba, single-celled creature, turned into a whale and a giraffe and a pine tree and everything. That's, it's, it's stupid. It's nonsense. It's yeah. imagination. It doesn't happen. I say, look, you guys can believe what you want, but don't call that science. Somehow it sparked into life. Okay, I think in science class we should teach science. You know, evolution is not part of science. It's a religious belief. And it has horrible effects on kids. They start thinking that <clears throat> imagination is part of science. And science is what we can deal with with observation and testing. And I taught science 15 years. I love science. We have a science center up there in Lenox, Alabama. Come see it. We do all kinds of cool science experiments. Um, and I like that. But this evolution should not be included in science. I'm starting a series on another channel. Uh, somebody's having me on as a guest. The question is, I'm debating atheists, should, should evolution be taught in public schools? It drives them crazy. Well, of course it should. I say, no, it's a religion. If we're going to teach your religions, let's teach all religions. How come I got to pay for your religion to be taught? Why don't you pay for mine to be taught? How do people at the top, like, for instance, Bill Nye, you know, he's a name a lot of people know. Mm -hmm. I, I uh, watched him as a kid a yeah. little bit. How do people at the top actually believe this? You know, do do you think that they um, actually don't believe it and there's a higher uh, motive, Motive, you know, somebody telling them to believe and distribute this? Because it, it starts to sound pretty ridiculous, obviously, pretty quickly. Yeah. How do people like that continue to go down this and, and teach this and claim they believe it? George Washington is determining that. The dollar bill, 
their job depends on it. If Bill Nye came on camera today and said, folks, I changed my mind. Evolution isn't true. I believe God created the universe. What would happen? He'd lose all of his sponsors, his supporters. Mm -hmm. See, there are some people who would like there to be a one-world government, a new world order, with them in charge, of course, you know, pinky in the brain. And so the idea that there's a God, oh, that goes against their, their plan. They want, oh, man is God. Satan came to Eve in the Garden of Eden, Genesis chapter 3. The first thing he said to Eve was, if you, eat, if you do what I say, honey, you get to be God. You eat off that tree, you can be God. And that same lie is what evolution is. Man is evolving from an amoeba up through the fish, amphibian, reptile, mammal, and finally we made it. Really believing something doesn't make it true. There was a time when everybody said it's not possible to have a heavier-than-air object fly through the air. The Wright brothers came along, Wilbur and Orville. So we think we can do that. All the scientists of the day said, that's wrong, can't be done, you're crazy. Guess what? All the scientists were wrong, weren't they? Mm -hmm. The guy last night said, well, you, the majority of scientists believe in evolution. I said, you might be right about that. It doesn't make it true. I'll debate them all, one at a time or all at a time. Line them up. Okay? <laughs> there is no evidence for the first five meanings of the word evolution. It's something they believe in. It's a religious belief. So this is their timeline. 13 billion years ago, there was a big bang where nothing exploded. Earth formed, hot ball of rock, rained on the rocks for millions of years. Life formed in the rocks and then slowly evolved into everything. They make these family trees like it's part of, like it's part of science. And it's just simply nothing but a religious belief. Mm -hmm. I ask him in the debates, I purposely ask him on, just to make fun of him. I have a chart behind me in my office there. I'll say, um, <clears throat> are you related to a ladybug? The guy last night, I said, are you related to a ladybug? He said, well, we have a common ancestor. Okay, well, then you're related. I asked uh, Professor Dave. What did I ask Professor Dave? Is he related to a strawberry? strawberry. Yeah, he's a strawberry. <laughs> I got a whole chart of each one asked a different question. Are you related to a potato? Oh, yeah. You related <laughs> to a worm? Oh, yeah. I, love, I like making fun of them. It's stupid what they believe. Right. And it's dangerous. Where's the right and wrong standard? In medicine, your field, okay? Where's the right and wrong standard? Is it okay for a doctor who needs to make, make a Mercedes payment to recommend extra surgeries just because, you know, it needs a few thousand more? See, where, where would, what would stop that from happening? Does government have to get involved and stop that, or should they have a conscience that stops that? But see, if there's, if there's no God, there's no conscience. What's right and wrong? See, what's right to the terrorists, the Hamas, they really think they're doing the right thing. Hitler thought he was doing a good thing. Kill off everybody who's not blonde-haired, blue-eyed. That'll, that'll speed up evolution. Stalin was a very strong believer in evolution. People are expendable. You got too many people, kill them. Take a look at what's happening in China right now, communist country. Do you have any rights over there? One guy came back from China. His friend said, how do you like China? He said, I can't complain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can't complain is right. Well, so, and, uh, and now, you know, in our country, they're even destroying, you know, what what is a woman, what is a man. There's no truth to that anymore. They're teaching this in schools. And so how does this just keep going? You know, it maybe started with this, but I think there's a lot of things that it's all connected. You know, why are we fed processed foods and, you know, sugars poured down, uh, you know, our throats and mm -hmm. we get diabetes. And there, there seems to be all of these underlying things to kind of destroy mankind. And, and I believe that starts with destroying the narrative of God. 
people who want to rule the world like Pinky and the Brain. In 1919, after World War I, the Allied soldiers discovered a document called the Communist Rules for Revolution. People argue whether it's legitimate or not. I think it is. If it's not, they sure followed it either way. One of the rules of, of, for uh, revolution, of communist revolution was lower the population to a half billion. Which is on the Georgia Guidestones as which well. Was, well, they blew them up, somebody, finally. Yeah. Half, why would they want to lower the population? Well, so that it's easier to control. Only half billion people. That's what all this global warming scare is all about and all this uh, save the planet stuff and go stand in front of somebody's car while they want to go to work, you know, uh, block the traffic. They're calling it climate change now because the global warming thing wasn't really panning out. Just changing the climate, yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> they don't realize all the people in the world, the whole world's population, 8 billion people right now could fit in Jacksonville, Florida. Mm -hmm. The world's not overcrowded. I say, guys, if it's overcrowded where you are, move. Come to Lenox, Alabama, 30 people in our town, okay? Mm -hmm. Yeah, when you fly over most of the U.S., it's nothing. It, it's nothing, yeah. But even if it was, it's not, is it, is it some person's decision is it their right to decide, I get to live and you don't get to live? I tell them, look, if you think the world's overcrowded, go kill yourself. Don't kill somebody else. Go kill yourself. Why not? They get to live. Mm -hmm. So it all goes back to pinky in the brain. You know, we're going to rule the world kind of stuff, you know. And I'll see if I can find the communist rules for revolution. But they've, they're following it to a T. Uh, reduce the population like the Georgia Guidestones. Mm-hmm. Uh, how can you reduce the population? Well, you could stick a needle in somebody when they're a baby and put some poisons in that don't act for 20 years. Mm -hmm. Delayed reaction. You could put hormone blockers in those needles you put in the babies, and then when they grow up, they don't know if they're a boy or a girl. Mm -hmm. uh, you could ruin foods. You could ruin the foods. You could. I mean, what if it's a concerted effort? What if it's above all humans and it's satanic or demonic? Right. See, when God told the devil in the Garden of Eden after he tricked Eve, the Lord said, "Here's your punishment, Eve." You're going to have pain in childbearing. Adam, you got to work for a living. The grounds, you got to plow the ground now. Satan, you got to crawl on your belly. And someday, some seed of the woman is going to bruise your head. So he's thinking, wow, if I kill all the people, then there won't be anybody there to bruise my head. He's trying to save his own hide from God's promise that someday a seed of the woman, a human being, is going to bruise your head. So I think he's trying to kill. It's him motivating this. You can lower the population hundreds of different ways. Wars are great. And the rich bankers, they love wars. They don't care who wins. They sell bullets to both sides. You don't get much re, you know, return on a bullet. You pay five bucks for a 30 out six shell and you, you know, it's gone. Mm -hmm. So the bankers would love any war anywhere. It reduces the population and it makes them a bunch of money. And if we are to explore that satanic uh, thread, it's a blood sacrifice. It is. On the largest scale. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I think what we're seeing here is is – an agenda to separate and disconnect people from God right. by any means necessary. And perhaps in part because people are easier to control, uh, at least in the material realm, that's relevant. But then in the spiritual realm, there's a battle going on perhaps for souls. Yeah. And people that are disconnected and believe in evolution and believe in the Big Bang and subscribe to some of these narratives um, are a lot more likely to end up depressed, hopeless, right. um, and disconnected from their creator. I agree. And what's the purpose of life? Why are we here? Why are you here? Where are you going when you die? I ask people that all the time. If you died today, where would you go? Oh, back to the dirt. Oh, are you sure? 
how could you possibly be sure? The Bible says when you die, you go to heaven or hell. Okay, that's what it says. You may not believe that, but that's what it is what it says. They'll say, well, other religions say other different things. Okay, somebody, maybe they're all wrong, but what if one of them's right? One guy said, I'm an atheist. His friend said, have you examined every religion in the world? Have you examined all the gods in the world? He said, well, no. He said, well, then you're not an atheist, you're an idiot. <laughs> Rejected something without checking it out. That's not an atheist, that's an idiot. What, what's in the Bible that you don't believe? I don't know of anything in there I don't believe. So I, The Bible has some allegories, of course, that are stories. That, uh, yeah, yeah. But the Bible says God made everything in six literal days. Right. That's the only way it works. God made plants and animals one day apart. Well, animals need plants to live. Plants need animals to pollinate them. If they evolve first, if the plants evolved millions of years before the animals, how did they get pollinated? Mm -hmm. Which evolved first, the male or the female? I ask atheists that all the time. You got to have this trillions of times over with your ladybug and your grasshopper and your camel and everything. If the male evolved 10 years before the female, or if he evolved 50 miles away, you got a problem. Mm -hmm. Why would he evolve all the equipment to make sperm and deliver it if there's no female? Why would the female evolve all the equipment to receive the sperm and grow a baby? I mean, it's complicated. There's a mm -hmm. lot of biology involved in both of those, okay? Right. That you think it happened by chance? They, they have to say yes because they don't want God telling them what to do. Yeah, it's fascinating to explore these things, and I, I don't claim to have all the answers. Um, I, I do think, you know, and you guys probably both know the Bible better than, than I do. Um, but correct me if I'm wrong, in the Bible, doesn't it talk about the earth having you know, a, a dome over it, right. a, a firmament? And yeah, there's, like, there's a biblical earth a lot of people refer to with a canopy. What are your thoughts on that? Well, on my seminar part two, of my, yeah. I cover all this. I, I, I completely agree. Now, some other creationists do not agree, and they're wrong. I'm right, okay? Um, if you read Genesis chapter one and two, it's in there, clear as a bell. Open it up here. God said there was going to be water above the firmament. Mm -hmm. And a couple of verses later, it tells us the firmament is where the birds fly. He said they, he would, they would separate the waters right. with the sky, right? Let the firmament yeah. let separate the water from the water. Mm -hmm. So it's real clear in the scripture that there, there was a layer of air above the earth, which there still is, and there used to be a layer of water above that. I think it was probably ice. The Jews have always taught it was two or three fingers thick, a canopy of ice over the whole world like a big greenhouse. Now, how they knew that, I don't know. Maybe, maybe God told Adam. and He passed it on. But the fact is they have always taught there used to be a layer of ice above the earth like a big greenhouse. Super cold ice, when you get ice down to 400 below zero Fahrenheit, it becomes magnetic. You can pick it up with a magnet. The crystal molecules arrange themselves separately or differently. So here we go, uh, right here. Crystal and canopy, here's the verses right here. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 in a King James Bible, um, 204, says, In the beginning God created the heaven, singular. Almost all the new Bible versions changed it to heavens, and that's a mistake. It was earth and heaven. Then later, he divides it up into three slices. There are three heavens mentioned in the Bible. Paul said he died and was caught up to the third heaven where God was. The first heaven is where the birds fly. We call that the atmosphere. The second heaven is where the stars are. We call that outer space. The third heaven is where God lives. God said, let there be a firm, reading Genesis 1-6, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters and let it divide the waters from the waters. Some people say it must be the dirt because that divides the water from the water. No, no, no. Let the 
God said, Let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creature that hath life, and fowl, birds, that fly above the earth in the open firmament. The birds don't fly in the dirt. Okay? The birds fly in the air. He said, Let there be a lights in the firmament. And this is the second heaven now, where the sun, moon, and stars are. Paul said he was caught up to the third heaven, 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Okay. The heavens declare the glory of God. There are now three heavens. So God made the firmament, <clears throat> that'd be the air, and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament. This is the first seven verses of the book. I mean, people ought to at least read that far, okay? Praise him, you waters that be above the heavens. Now in Psalms, David wrote this a thousand years before Christ. I think there might still be another layer of ice beyond the stars. I couldn't prove that, it's just my theory. People say, well, if we find the last star, what's the obvious next question? What's after that? You know, is all of space one of those glass balls on God's dresser that he shakes once in a while, you know? Hey guys, how you doing in there? <laughs> okay. He said that earth was standing out of the water and in the water. Bible says he sitteth upon the circle of the earth and he stretched out the heavens. 17 times in the Bible it says God stretched out the heavens. Everybody's asking, how did the light from the star get here if the earth's only 6,000 years old? That star is billions of light years away. Well, you're asking the wrong question. If he stretched out the heavens 17 times, it says that. He stretched out the heavens. Stretched out the heavens. It is. I've got all the verses here. Um, he made the earth first, and then he made the stars on day four, and he stretched them out. So instead of how did the light get from here to there, the question is how did the star get from here to there? We're seeing the taillights of the stars as they're being stretched out. So there causes a red shift, the Doppler effect. We can talk about that if you like. Anyway, the Bible says at the end of time there would be scoffers, 2 Peter 3, who would be willingly ignorant of how God made the heavens and how the earth was standing out of the water and in the water. Today's atmosphere has six layers to it. At certain elevations, you go up in an airplane, you get up six miles, and it's 80 below zero outside. You have a little monitor up on the TV, up in the cockpit. Well, there used to be a seventh layer above the, above the earth, I believe, a layer of ice, which is now gone. That fell down at the time of the flood, and probably because it's magnetic, when it got shattered by the fountains of the deep breaking open, that shattered ice would have been sucked in magnetically and dumped on the north and south pole. That's why they find frozen mammoths mm. standing up, suffocated. Wow. They were buried in a snowfall that came down at five feet a second, you know. They've, they're frozen in five hours. I called birds I froze on food people years ago. <clears throat> I said, if I stuck an elephant in the freezer, what would happen? It was real quiet on the other end of the line for a minute. I'm sure they're talking. we got somebody on the phone here. I said, they said, you'd have a crowded freezer. I said, wait, I, I know that. Okay. How long would it take to freeze an elephant? They said, about five days. I said, why? They said, well, the outside's going to freeze, and now the heat's trapped inside. It'll take five days to freeze to the middle. But they find frozen mammoths with food in their stomach that's undigested. When the critter dies, the stomach acid doesn't know he's dead. It keeps digesting. I said, I got to freeze my mammoth in five hours. They said, well, you got to dip him in liquid nitrogen. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, that doesn't occur naturally on Earth, but outer space is that cold. If this canopy of, if there was a canopy of ice suspended by the Earth's magnetic field, or maybe by simple air pressure, that canopy of ice would block UV light. That's one of the reasons they live so long. The second reason is they had greater air pressure to live under. It would block UV light. It would increase air pressure. It could have been held up like an inflatable building. Mm -hmm. 
or like a uh, or by magnetically or maybe both. Okay, I go through all the mathematics on that. Now, does but, this firmament? Does this explain people living, you know, 900, 900. years old? And reptiles year? living to be 900 and okay. getting 50, 80 feet long, the dinosaurs. Got it. Yeah. And, and another component may, may have been that oxygen levels were higher at that time and, and well, the Earth's magnetism were. was str stronger. Well, we know the oxygen levels were higher. Yeah. Magnetic ice, here's a Physics World magazine. Ice can be turned into a magnet by simply getting it cold enough. It'll float on top of another magnet. Okay. Okay. I hadn't heard that. The Jews have taught in the book of Josephus, he said, on the second day, God made the heaven above the universe surrounding it with ice. Hmm. Why would they teach that? Here's a, uh, Josephus. He placed a crystalline firmament around it, around the world. The thickness was three fingers. This guy said the thickness was two fingers. And Jews fight over everything. I'm sure they had started the church of the two fingers and the church of the three fingers. Okay. <laughs> Fact is, there's a couple inches of ice completely surrounding the world. That would do multiple things. Here's the Legend of the Jews book. Second day, God made the firmament, and a, crystalline, a crystal stretched over, forth over the heads. He made the crystalline into a solid. The firmament is three fingers thick. And so if there was a crystalline canopy around the earth, that would do multiple things. It would block UV light. It would increase air pressure. I climbed Mount Rainier years ago, and man, up at the top, I could hardly breathe because the air is too thin. And I'm only three miles up. You go to Mount Everest five miles up, you can't breathe up there. But the air goes out for 50 miles. If you could squeeze all of our air down into 10 miles, everybody at the surface where we are would have double the air pressure. So every time you take a breath, you're getting twice the number of oxygen molecules. You could run for hundreds of miles without getting tired. Yeah. Yeah. That's they probably it. also didn't have as much glyphosate back then. Probably a lot of things they didn't have back then. It says he stretched out the earth above the waters. There was also not only a canopy of ice above, and all this is covered on my seminar part two. There was water under the crust of the earth. That's where the flood water came from. God designed the earth to be inhabited. Today, only 3% of the earth is habitable. 71% is underwater. 10% under ice caps. 10% desert. Bunch of mountain ranges. So if God designed the earth to be inhabited, most of the water that's now on top in the oceans used to be inside. And the Bible says the fountains of the deep broke open. The water came shooting out when the fountains of the deep broke, Genesis 7:11. That water shooting up, if it's under pressure, let's just pick a number and say there was a 10-mile thick layer of rock on top of this water. Well, I do the math on here. 10 miles of rock, how many pounds it would produce? 60 tons, 60,000 pounds per square inch. Well, that's enough to launch rocks into space. They would reach escape velocity. So as the water is shooting out of these cracks where the earth cracked, the earth is still cracked up like an eggshell. There are fault lines everywhere. You know, That's from the flood of Noah. The water went shooting out. The stuff that off the edge of the cracks would get ripped off and launched like a rocket. That's what shattered the canopy, I believe. Mm -hmm. And that canopy, then super cold snow up there, is going to be sucked in and dumped on the North and South Pole. And you get an instant ice age. And some of the rocks would come back and hit the Earth from gravity if they didn't launch them fast enough. We have craters all over the Earth. Behringer Crater, I've been out there, Winslow, Arizona. Um, so the, that would cause the crust of the Earth to sink in because the water underneath is escaping. Well, if the crust sinks in a half mile, pick a number, half mile, that's going to speed the Earth up in its spin. If an ice skater is spinning and they pull their arms in tighter, they spin faster. Okay, 
if the earth sped up a little bit because of the switching of the rock and the water, now you switch positions, the, the mass is more concentrated, the earth would speed up. That's why I think <clears throat> all the ancient calendars had 360 days in a year. Now we have 364.2422, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. I think the earth sped up a little bit because of the contraction of the mass. And uh, uh, today the earth is slowing down. It's been slowing down ever since it's been measured. I ask atheists, they say, how, the earth is billions of years old. I say, well, guys, let me ask you a question. You're aware that the earth is slowing down. Yeah, the earth slows down a thousandth of a second every day. That's why we have a leap second. You can Google leap second. Every year and a half, they have to add a second to the clock because the earth is slowing down. It's slowing down because of tidal friction banging into the continents, because of the Coriolis effect of the winds, because of the lunar drag. They know why. If that means the earth used to be going faster. You go back in time a few billion years, that becomes a problem. The earth would be spinning so fast, it would flatten out like a Frisbee. Maybe there was a flat earth billions of years ago. Okay, And it, everything would fly off. Yeah. You can't have a billions of years old earth that is slowing down in its spin. The moon gets further away from the earth every year. We're losing the moon an inch and a half a year. They've known that for a long time. Well, that means it used to be closer. So is the moon, so you believe the, the earth is spinning and that the rate of that spin is slowing down. Mm -hmm. The moon in its orbit around the earth, how are they maintaining where we still see the same side of the moon? Well, the moon is what's called gravitational locking. The moon is spinning once every 27 days. Right. It's also orbiting once every 27 days. So the moon is spinning, but it's just right. It's been that way for so long that the mass has pulled toward us and it's locked. It's a little heavier on our side than the other side. Right. So it's gravitational locking, they call that. So yeah, it's not worth getting into those arguments, you know, with, uh, but the, the crust of the earth, I think, sank in. The water came shooting out. The basalt underneath that would rise up and into the crack, causing the continents to slide away. And that's why we have wrinkled mountain ranges all over the world, like wrinkling in your carpet. Lateral compression of the rock, of all these layers, would make them um, bend around. Like picture, put picture back here. If you look at these rock layers, these lateral, these uh, compressed layers, there are no internal friction, fracture marks. All the layers were soft, they were all bent, and then they hardened. Like a whole stack of pancakes, you bend them. If each layer is a different age, this one was already rock. By the time this one was down, you try to bend it, it's going to crack. There are no internal cracks. We covered that in video number six. Um, so there's still water under the crust of the earth. When they went down to the bottom of the sea, they found hot water vents shooting up into the bottom. They say there's probably 10 million of them, thermal vents. Well, if there's water shooting up into the bottom of the ocean, where does it have to be coming from? Um, lower than that. There's still water trapped down there. They say there might be 10 oceans worth of water in the crust of the earth today. In my seminar, I cover that this canopy of ice above would block UV light. It would increase air pressure. And I think they probably had 30% oxygen back then. Yeah. We got 30, uh, 21. Here's a concentrating the mass, pulling it in. So I don't know if you want to go off on that topic, but um, uh, yeah, the earth is still cracked up. That all happened, I think, at the time of the flood. Some of the plates are still moving, and they got earthquakes and volcanoes, and you know, and they're going about to get really Just bad. Just had a big one. Uh, where was that? Korea, South Korea. Japan yes. had one. Iceland's got a bunch of them. Yeah. So, at the end of the flood, then, the when Noah got off the ark, the ice caps were still huge. Came all the way down to Kansas City, Missouri. Well, if the ice caps are bigger, guess what? That means the oceans are smaller. 
because the water's still frozen at the North Pole. It would take hundreds of years for that to melt from Kansas City back to Alaska, okay? So when Noah gets off the ark, the oceans are smaller, which means the continents are bigger, which means you could walk anywhere in the world. The guy last night said, how did the kangaroos get to Australia? Well, they hopped. How? There's a bunch of water in the way. The water between Vietnam and Australia is about 30 feet deep. If you lowered the oceans 200 feet, oceans are 12,000 feet deep. Take 200 feet out, freeze it, stick it on the North Pole. Now everything is connected. Atheists say, do you believe Pangea? Do you think Africa and South America were ever connected? I say, they're still connected right now, <laughs> underwater. <laughs> what do you mean, were they connected? They're still connected. They say, yeah, but it looks like they'd fit. Well, my house and the neighbor's house would fit if I slid them together. What does that prove? Nothing. <laughs> it's a coincidence based on the water level. But anyway, so that's what I, long answer to your question. I defend the Bible. I think the Bible's correct, scientifically accurate. God made everything in six days. And the flood explains the geology, all the layers. Why do we have fossils at all? How many animals died in the last 10 years? Colonel Sanders killed a few million himself, didn't he? Mm -hmm. How many turned to fossils? Zero. Not. Nobody has proven any fossils forming today anywhere. And I've heard, and I can't back this up, but I have heard that even a lot of the bones that you see if you go to the, the Smithsonian um, are recreations using chicken bones. Right. And, uh, but we assume, you know, from movies like Jurassic Park right, that right. they were dug up and that's, that's kind of where they came from. Um, I'm curious, do you, do you think that we've been to the moon? I do think so. It's not an argument. It's not worth fighting over that. Just, no, yeah, I don't, I don't it's a bigger, I'm, I'm more just It's curious. a bigger battle, just evolution in general. Yeah. I know that the, probably the video that we saw with the flag waving, is, was, that, was, that was staged. Yeah. It doesn't mean they didn't go. It just means they didn't get good footage of it. Yeah. That's yeah. one option. I, mm -hmm. I don't care. If yeah. we went or went, not, doesn't matter. For sure. What, what do you think are some of the other big lies? You know, we've talked about evolution, the Big Bang. What do you think are some of the most, the most dangerous lies that sort of bring people into this, this religion uh, of, of, you know, if we want to call it Satanism it or Luciferianism? It's nothing but a religion. Yeah. Well, one, I did a whole video series number four, uh, two hours, just on lies in the textbooks. I was uh, debating an atheist one time, and I went through 30 of the lies in the textbooks, and they said, uh, well, folks, Ken Hovind's right. Uh, these, these things are not true. And then he said, but, Mr. Hovind, what are you going to replace all this with? I said, wait a minute. We can't take a lie out of the textbook until I find a replacement because those lies are essential for your theory to be taught. Is that what you're trying to not say? Here's one of the most dangerous ones, I think, right here. Biology textbook. Or this earth science textbook. Evidence for evolution. Embryos growing inside the mother have tails and gill pouches. Were you taught that as a kid? Mm -hmm. The baby has a, t has a gill pouches. Gills like a fish. Humans didn't evolve from dinosaurs, but a human embryo would probably have several features and developmental patterns in common with a dinosaur embryo. They called them gill slits. This was proven wrong in 1874. <laughs> but here's why they keep this in the book. Evidence of evolution from embryology. Still taught today, okay? Evidence of evolution. Embryology, embryology, embryology. Just Google it. Develop. Evolution evidence, development of the baby. They're telling the, the parents that the and the kids that the baby growing in the mother has gills like a fish. This was made up, well, sick mind Freud relied on this heavily with his uh, ontogeny recapitulates phylogeny paper, but um, this, this is just plain baloney. This is a lie. Those folds of skin develop into bones in the ear and glands in the throat. They never have anything to do with breathing. They know full well what they do. 
I've seen fat people got five or six chins. They can't breathe through any of them. Okay, <laughs> Hillary. You know, adultery is wrong, but I, I give Bill Clinton a little slack on that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Ernst Haeckel made up he, – he read Darwin's book, and it changed his life to believe in evolution. And Darwin said, we should start finding evidence for my theory. Well, 10 years later, they didn't have any. So Haeckel said, I'm going to make some. Ernst Haeckel started this fraud – in 1869, Haeckel made up a chart of all the embryos of different creatures. He took a, a dog embryo and a human embryo at four weeks' development, and he changed them and made them look exactly alike. Mm. He said, this is a dog embryo and a human embryo. Look how similar they are. Yeah, because you faked your drawings. Mm -hmm. Haeckel made charts of all the animals, the dog, the pig, the sheep, the chicken, and all the embryos look alike. This is pure artwork, Okay. Here's his drawings compared to actual photographs. Mm -hmm. But his idea that the human embryo has gill slits is still used to this day to support abortion. I didn't know that. I didn't you're not, know you're not that killing they a human being. It's just a, it's just a fish. They just remember the word farm, F-A-R-M. They say the baby grows through the fish stage with gills. Then it gets to the amphibian stage, then reptile, then mammal, and it's finally a human. I asked an atheist one time. <clears throat> they were talking about abortion. I said— um, would it be wrong to kill a baby five months after it's born? He said, well, yeah. I said, okay, would it be wrong to kill it five minutes after it's born? Yeah. Would it be wrong to kill it five minutes before it's born? No, that's okay then. Well, what changed in those ten minutes? Is it okay to kill it five months before it's born? Oh, yeah. Why? It's not a human yet. Yes, it is. This is all based on the stupid lie. You asked what's the most dangerous thing. I think this is probably the most dangerous. Mm -hmm. Darwin, oh, Charles Darwin said in his second book he wrote, the human embryo at a very early period can hardly be distinguished from other members of the vertebrate kingdom. He was relying on Haeckel's charts. Haeckel was finally taken to court by his own university. They had a trial. Other professors said, Haeckel, you lied. This isn't true. The pictures were fake. And he said, here's his defense in court. Let's see, they examined it. Let's see. Haeckel said, well, other professors, he confessed to drawing from memory. He was convicted of fraud at the University of Jena in Germany. Drawing from memory. <laughs> the drawings persist. They still do this. Here's evolutionary textbook used at University of West Florida right down the street, yeah. okay, 20 years ago. They're probably still teaching this. That they, they got Haeckel's fake drawings. This chart was proving, proven wrong. He made up the drawings in 1869. <clears throat> 1874, five years later, they had a trial, and he admitted, you're right, I lied. Okay, so this has been proven wrong since 1874. Why is the University of West Florida still teaching this? They don't have any other evidence. University of North Dakota, 2005. I got a whole textbook collection. They're still teaching it. I downloaded that a couple months ago. Berkeley, Berkeley California, still teaching it. Mm -hmm. They don't have any other evidence. And this is the opposite of man being made in God's image. Oh, exactly right. It's the polar opposite. See, it's the this, inversion of that. This justifies abortion, which goes back to lower the population. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and sacrifice, perhaps. You know, I had a lady in a debate. I was debating one time, and this woman and the girl in the audience said, if a woman is raped, should she, should she be required to have that baby? I said, well, ma'am, that's a horrible scenario, but let's, let's follow this through to its logical conclusion. Why don't we abort the father instead? Why don't we abort the mother and save the baby? The baby did nothing wrong. Let's abort the mother. Let her have the baby, kill the mama, and let, let baby grow. 
Why is it always the baby has to get killed? There's three involved here, you know, the mom, the dad, and the baby. Yeah. Why is it always the baby? It's all based on this fake drawing stuff. Here's Holt biology, still fake drawings showing gill slits, gill slits, gill slits. Glencoe biology, Tim Barra, still teaching Ohio State University. Oh yeah, baby's got gill slits. Um, it, first, Kenneth Miller is a Catholic teacher in Rhode Island, uh, believes in evolution. I'll debate him any day, okay? I'll debate any of these guys any day. He says evolution's as much a fact as gravity. And he still uses Haeckel's fake drawings as evidence. Come on, Kenneth. You're a Catholic, you know. You don't get to go to heaven if you lie. Yeah, okay? It's crazy. Here it is. Biology concepts. Uh, college textbooks use it. It's all the way. It, it permeates our, our evolution because they don't have any other evidence. So I go through 50 or 40, I guess, lies in the textbooks that are used to support evolution. Gill slits. It's on the SAT test. If you don't answer yes, you're going to get a lower score. So you have to lie or be stupid to get a high score on the SAT. Do you find that most uh, Christians, believers, don't know this stuff either? They don't know. Yeah. They're thrilled to find out. Right. Uh, but they, most of them, that's what they're taught from the time they're in kindergarten. So there's really a, a dumbing down of society yeah, for, for them to not figure this out. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I think is also, again, the whole... I like to zoom out and see all these things at yeah. play, you know, because there's what you're talking about, but there's also, you know, Anthony's expertise of um, nutrition, you know, and taking care of yourself. It it really is all orchestrated to dumb us down and also kill us so we don't question or learn yeah. any of this. I mean, from the, the moment we come into this world, we're injected with metals and toxins and it's in the food and the water. And, you know, you look in the sky, there's, there's a whole bunch of things that sure aren't clouds. <laughs> you know, oh, the chemtrails and all that. Oh, it's awful. Kind, it's, I know. It's, it's everywhere, you know, and like we're, we're sort of living through this, this great, you know, I put great in quotes, poisoning right now. Yeah. And you see how it's affecting people's intellect and their ability to discern yeah. and their energy to even look into stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, when we're like three years into... When their IQ is lowered, all yeah. that stuff, yeah. Right. Yeah. Dumb them down. Easier to control dumb people. Right, right. I mean, we were talking about just with, with how so, so many of the churches handled what was going on in the world in 2020 and yeah. forcing their congregation to wear masks and, you know, pastors and priests saying, all oh, you guys need to get the vaccine. Opening, uh, you know, letting the government come in and put a tent up in their parking lot and you can get tests and vaccines here and churches accepting money. Yeah. You know, that happened. And, and so if church isn't teaching this stuff and church has become a, again, about the dollar in, in many churches, lights, camera, action, yep. what are they teaching? You know? If they would read the Bible, they would understand. You just don't do these things. I, I tell people, if you go to get your kid, the doctor says this baby needs a vaccine. To ask the doctor, doctor, how much do you weigh? I weigh 200 pounds, okay? How much does this baby weigh? 10 pounds, okay? Doctor, would you take 20 of these shots right now? You inject yourself 20 times, because you weigh 20 times more than my baby, and mm -hmm. you've already got a fully developed immune system. He doesn't, okay? You take 20 of these shots. We'll come back in a week, and if you're still alive, we'll give my baby one. That'd be fair, wouldn't it? Sounds if it's really fair safe, to me. hey, if it's safe, come on, take twenty of them. There isn't a doctor on the planet would do that. Mm -mm. Yeah, one of my assistants that uh, worked with me for a while, she uh, her her daughter became autistic, 
yeah. after after some of these, and uh, she had to stop working because she needed to take care yeah. of her. Happens so, all the time. Yeah, sadly. But see, it cost her tens of thousands of dollars, and the doctor got what a couple hundred bucks for a house visit. Mm-hmm. Had to pay for his Mercedes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Goes back to money. Um, are you familiar at all with the the work of Jerry Marzinski? I've heard of it. Don't know much about it. Yeah, he wrote a book called An Amazing Journey Inside a Psychotic Mind, um, looking at schizophrenics and specifically like the voices that they hear in their heads and um, makes a pretty compelling case that that may not be the, you know, a chemical imbalance causing, you know, these neurons to fire, but it may actually be those individuals being influenced by parasitic entities or like demonic forces. Mm, Don't know. Have you, what are your thoughts on... uh, do you believe in an unseen realm and that there are entities oh, that yeah. influence us? There's a spiritual world. The Bible clearly teaches there's demons and there's angels and, you know, uh, yeah. Now, I don't know how much we can learn about it. We're, we're stuck in this body, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You've, um, you've faced some challenges in sharing your views. Oh, they don't like they don't like me at all. That's why I said type in Kent Hovind. You When you asked me at the beginning, introduce yourself. I said, I'm probably the most hated man on the Internet. Yeah. <laughs> And it's sad because I'm the nicest guy I've ever met, you know? Yeah, yeah, you are <laughs> nice guy. Um, how do you, in, when, when challenges arise or you feel like there are uh, people or entities trying to stop you, how do you maintain your faith and stay strong and continue to persevere and push forward and get the message out there? Well, I've been reading the Bible actively for nearly 55 years now, and I've read it many, many times, and it, that it provides spiritual strength. A soldier going off into battle has to understand these guys want to kill me. Mm-hmm. That's their goal, right? In any sport, you have to keep track of what's his, what's his objective. What is Satan's objective? Lower the population. Kill off everybody so that there's nobody left to bruise his head. Okay, he, That's his goal. How do I stay between him and the goal to stop this? Mm-hmm. When I first became a Christian, I was very, raised in a family of engineers and teachers, and I've always loved science and math. And I'm 16 years old, gave my heart to the Lord. I said, Lord, I don't know what you want me to do with my life, but I just want to, I want to bring people to you. Where's the center of the battlefield, Lord? Show me where the heat of the battle is and throw me in there. My dad was a Marine, World War II, only survivor of his platoon fighting the Japanese, you know, and I got that mentality of let's just, where's the middle of the, this, this evolution is the middle of the battlefield. Mm-hmm. Because rather than fighting communism, what's behind communism? It's a philosophy. What's behind Hitler? What's behind all these school shootings we've got going on? It's the belief that man's just an animal. Mm-hmm. So I think if I, had, if I had it to do over again, I'd do it the same way. I want to fight evolution. I, I guess we could talk all day, but, uh, you know, on that, I think it's just godlessness. You know, it's and, and you see that in everything that removes God. The schools removed God, you know, in the 60s, and look, look how fast it just declines. Yeah. You know, and now— going into church, I personally feel like largely God is being removed. I mean, you can look at big entities, we can name names, but they're becoming motivational uh, type of formats yeah. and feel-good formats. And we were talking before this, and and what's that mean for church in the future? And so everything just continues to get dumbed down and move further away from the truth. And it it goes into like what you said, you know, Satan is at work. And we have to believe that in order to fight it. What do you believe is God's plan for humanity? And, and how, do, how, do, how do we win? God created man in his own image uh, to have fellowship with him. And he wants us to live with him forever up in heaven. He wants us to be his children. 
what's God, what's your plan when you have children? You want them to grow up and be your friend and be your child and you want to teach them things and help, you want to grow together with them. God wants us to be close to him. I'm his child. I got born into his family, February 9th, 1969. Okay, I became God's child. Oh, that could be dangerous because God spanks his kids. Mm-hmm. You know, my dad, six foot two, Marines, World War II. You know, I, I tried to obey dad for multiple reasons. One is I love my dad, and two is he's got a paddle. Mm-hmm. He knows how to use it. You know, so when you become God's child, he may spank you. If you're not God's child, he'll wait till judgment day, save it all up, so the heathen might get by with stuff that I would never get by with, because mm-hmm. he's my dad. Now we, I've, I try to stay on his good side. I can't lose my salvation. I don't believe that at all. I can lose my life. Got, you know, there's a guy in 1 Corinthians chapter 5. Paul wrote to the church. He said, you've got a guy in your church living in adultery with his mother. The heathen don't even do that. He said, turn him over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh, that the spirit may be saved. This guy's still going to heaven. Hmm. Going early, but he's going. I don't think it's possible to lose your salvation. It was a gift of God. I could not lose my sonship. I was my dad's son, whether, if, whether I turned out good or bad. I'm still his son. Now, you can't, I could lose my fellowship with my father. I could lose my rewards with my heavenly father, but I can't lose my sonship. That's an argument Christians have over, you know, can you lose it? I say, absolutely not. Mm. If you could, it wasn't eternal life that he gave you. Right. But you asked about the lies in the textbook. So that's probably the biggest one, but I got 30 more if you want to go over some of them. But <laughs> Yeah, I'd love to hear anything else that you're you're compelled to share that you think will help our audience better understand some of these lies and, and better sure. protect themselves from these influences. They teach the kids uniformitarianism. The way things are happening today is the way they've always been happening. That's what they teach in the textbooks. Here is Purdue University. There's a gash cut right across this dam. Did that happen slowly? No, I think probably the lake overflowed and it uh, washed it out in minutes. Grand Canyon probably formed in one week. One week, what? Oh yeah. That little creek at the bottom did not form that gash in in the dam. It was a washout, and now it's just a little creek flowing down there. Here's Grand Canyon. I've been top and bottom of Grand Canyon, love studying Grand Canyon. I taught her science 15 years. There's a little river at the bottom called the Colorado River that did not make Grand Canyon. Grand Canyon is a washed-out dam. Uh, The Bible says there would be scoffers who would be willingly ignorant of how God made the heavens and how the earth was standing out of the water and in the water, and the world was overflowed with water and perished. There was a flood. Um, Let's see. All right, here we get the pictures of Grand Canyon. Okay. The top of Grand Canyon is about 8,000 foot elevation above sea level. The river enters the canyon at less than 3,000 feet. I got pictures in here somewhere. If you watch my whole video series, I cover all this in order. But rivers don't flow uphill. Not in Arizona, anyway. Okay. So there's no way that river made that canyon. Grand Canyon's a washed out dam. If you, if you closed up Grand Canyon today, okay, filled, it, filled up Grand Canyon, it'd take a lot of dirt, okay, but if you could fill up Grand Canyon, a giant lake would back up behind it called Grand Lake. Grand Lake would go clear back to Colorado. Do it this way instead, find the slides. Grand Lake would go all the way back to Colorado and New Mexico. I think that lake got too deep, went over the top. I'm just picking a number and guessing, maybe 50 years after Noah's flood. Any lake that goes over, any lake that gets too deep is going to go over the top someplace. It'll find the lowest point and start carving a groove. And the more the water goes through there, the faster it goes, the more it picks up sand and gravel and becomes liquid sandpaper and would carve out Grand Canyon in, in a week. Interesting. I hadn't thought about that. There's a great big ridge running across Arizona with a gash across it called Grand Canyon. 
If you plugged up that gap, a big lake would fill up behind it, clear back to Colorado and New Mexico. That lake, when it got too full, went over the top and started carving out the canyon and probably washed it out in a week or less. On the west side of the canyon, the rivers that come together join up. Most rivers come together at acute angles less than 90 degrees. Normal river patterns, they come together and keep going the same way. And that's true on the west slope. But on the east slope of Grand Canyon, the rivers flow backwards, hit the main channel, turn around way past 90 degrees and come out. That was a lake draining, so the water's running off the backside of the hill, hitting the channel and then turning around and coming out. I show pictures if I could find them here. But um, there's lots of evidence that Grand Canyon formed rapidly by a lake draining, not by, uh, um, not by slow, gradual uh, erosion. Uh, so I'll find it in a minute. Maybe anyway. we should talk about Hitler. About <laughs> uh, Hitler? Yeah. There's well, a lot of stuff here. What made you study Hitler? Well, I, my dad fought World War II and was, yeah. I'm, I'm always, I love studying history. And, uh, but my dad, we were always watching war movies together, you know. Um, Hitler deceived, well, 55 million Germans followed Hitler. Is it possible for the whole civilization to be deceived? I think we've got, the majority of scientists in America are deceived into believing this evolution theory. Uh, I think they really honestly, sincerely believe it. Like the guy last night, I think he really believed it. I think we got stumped quite a bit when we talked about different things, like, wow, you're right, that doesn't work. So the whole nation got deceived, Hitler. I mean, the education system as well, a lot of these bright young minds come out and they've been led to believe that science, uh, you know, is only, only exists in peer-reviewed papers. They're, they're no longer going out into the field, observing, thinking, discussing, um, you know, if it hasn't been peer-reviewed and published, then it, it's not real science to them, which leads to a situation where if it's not already consensus in academia, mm -hmm. th you know, there's, there's no innovation with that model. So what does peer-reviewed means? Everybody agrees. Yeah, exactly. Okay, tell that to the Wright brothers. Mm -hmm. Everybody agreed you can't do this. Well, they did it anyway. Tell that to the British uh, who million sailors died of scurvy. And all the peer-reviewed papers said, we're still looking for a cure for scurvy. It was fruit, it was vitamin C, simple vitamin. See, your car needs lots of things in order to run properly. And if it's deficient in one of them, uh, something's going to go wrong. If you don't have enough oil in your crankcase, something will go wrong. If you don't have oil in your differential, something different's going to go wrong. If you don't have any brake fluid, now you have a different problem. It's all a deficiency of something, okay? If your body's deficient in certain vitamins or minerals, certain symptoms show up. Mm -hmm. It's that simple. Majority opinion. Does majority opinion in China prove that communism is good? How many articles are there critical of communism published in the Chinese papers? None. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Does majority opinion prove that Islam is good? They've got, they've got their fact checkers too. Well, <laughs> how many articles are published in Muslim papers to say... Muhammad was not a prophet. None. So they can use the same argument, peer-reviewed. Uh-huh. You're going to lose your head if you don't agree with them. Behead those who insult Islam. This kind of rallies they have over there, okay? Does majority opinion in Germany prove that Hitler was good? A lot of folks believed it. 55 million of them. How many articles got published in German papers back then saying Hitler's a bad guy? Zero. Zero. Outlaw the opposition. They'd line them up and shoot them. They don't agree with Hitler. Shoot them. 
atheist majority, 60%, are sizable minorities in the Soviet Union, okay? You don't dare, you don't dare, how about North Korea? How many articles are there critical of his stupid haircut? <laughs> nope. You, you, I bet you wouldn't have one, would you? You have to have photos in your house honoring them. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. North Korea cracks down on dissidents because just because they don't have respect for Kim Jong-un. So to me, the argument for majority opinion is, is stupid on its face, okay? Mm -hmm. So just because some scientists don't believe in creation doesn't mean it's not true. So anyway, that's our ministry is to teach, hey, God made the world. I tell people, if you watch my video series, at the end, it's 18 hours long, 50 bucks, you can get it on drdino.com. I said, at the end, you're going to say, wow, the Bible's true. And then about a week later, you're going to sit up in bed in the middle of the night and say, oh, no, the Bible's true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I better change my lifestyle. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's the whole goal. We've had hundreds baptized, saved and baptized out at our place and changed, life changed. And that's all we want to do is just glorify the Lord. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I just I have a lot of respect for what you're doing and, uh, you know, in, in helping people to find their faith yeah. and showing them the true nature of reality. So thank you for the work you've put in. Is there anything else that you'd like to share with our listeners while, while you've got them? I mean, they, they know they can go to drdino.com and get the, the jump drive and the 18 hours of videos. You've got Genesis Baptist Church and Kent Hovind official on some of the uh, non-censored platforms. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you get into cancer at all? Is that, are you oh, allowed yeah. to, without shutting you down, they won't, they won't shut you down? We, um, yes. If you, if you say the word a lot, then you end up getting, that episode will get flagged. But we're already pretty much flagged and shadow banned on just about every platform. Okay. So... I found Let it. it rip. Well, in Genesis chapter 1, the very first chapter, first chapter of the Bible, God said, Adam, eat the fruit, the vegetables, and the seeds. And we don't do that. We eat the apple and throw away the core. I eat the core. Yeah, yeah. Eat the peach, throw away the core. pit. The seeds to almost every fruit contains vitamins that will, I think, cure cancer or kill cancer cells. Yeah, B17. B17. Yeah, I've got a bag of uh, apricot seeds Good. back at the one biohacking guy, house. One guy said, don't you know it's got cyanide in it? I said, yeah, did you know water has hydrogen, which is explosive, and oxygen, which supports combustion? Yeah. Why would you spray two explosive gases on a fire to put it out? <laughs> because together it makes water and it puts out the fire. Mm -hmm. The cyanide locked in with benzaldehyde in, in, the, in the apricot seeds kills cancer cells. Yeah. There's a book called The Cyanide Cookbook for People yeah. with Cancer. Yeah. And I had to... cancer coming out of prison on my cheek from all the malnutrition in there. I took apricot seeds and apple seeds, and it went away. Really? Yeah. Well, my takeaway from all of this is while you can go very deep and speak about this uh, and the complexities, everything is pretty simple, you know, and Genesis and the story of God and making all of this is pretty simple. So the answer to things a lot of times is not extreme complexity. It's just that, you know, eat what God gave you, mm -hmm. read the Bible, learn the Bible, um, all things that what I see, and that, you know, I'm Christian, been raised Christian. Most Christians don't know. They don't know to, you know, they don't take care of their temple. They are pounding soda and getting diabetes. And, you know, I'm not judging those people, but I do think that you have to connect all the dots and everything is connected. Yeah. Because if you don't have your health, what do you have? Right. You know, are you taking care of your temple so you can connect with God, find your purpose, and 
you've obviously found your purpose, um, which is is very important. And I think a lot of Christians, hopefully listening, look into this and learn it. I certainly am because I want to brush up on what I actually believe. But like you said, people are hearing this maybe for the first time and they're committing their lives to mm-hmm. God, which um, is just incredible to see, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's so important to be willing to ask, why do I believe this? Right. And if if evolution is one of those things, then, you know, explain why you believe evolution. And, mm-hmm. and sometimes that introspection is revealing. Yeah. It's well, so, yeah. so does good for you. Explain that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was, <laughs> explain that. In the debates, they tell me that the layers of the earth are different ages. And if you go to the bottom of Grand Canyon, like this book says, you look back through hundreds of millions of years. I flew to the bottom of Grand Canyon in a helicopter, you know, pay the tourist kind of stuff, you know. I looked at my watch. It was the same date as it was when I was at the top. I did not go back hundreds of millions of years. The same day. Huh, how did that happen? This is pure, pure baloney. Grand Canyon, you don't look back through time. You look down at a hole in the dirt. Here it is. All this water drains through Grand Canyon, clear up from Wyoming. Wow. That's the drainage pattern, okay, for the Colorado River. Drains through Grand Canyon. Here's Grand Canyon, a gash right here across northwest Arizona, right there. Kaibab Plateau is, there's Grand Canyon, here's the Kaibab Plateau. It's a big ridge like a wrinkle in your carpet. Grand Canyon cuts across it. The top of Grand Canyon, here's, you can see the snow line showing the high elevation snow line. The top of the ridge is 6,900 to 8,500 feet above sea level. The river enters the canyon at less than 3,000 feet. Rivers don't flow uphill. That was a giant dam. A, a man-made dam, you're saying? No, no, natural dam. A natural dam, okay. Yeah, just, I was asking because the, the picture before with the washed-out wall, that was that was from a man-made dam. Yeah. Well, dams do wash out. But Grand Canyon is the same thing, only much bigger, okay? Mm-hmm. Between these two lines, they're 200 miles apart, is a, is a gentle ridge. You know, one mile out of 200 is hardly visible. But the water finds it. Mm-hmm. Water won't go uphill. Water flows 277 miles through Grand Canyon. When it exits, it's at 1,800-foot elevation. So it came in at 28. It left at 1,800. The river dropped 1,000 feet. All rivers flow downhill. Mm-hmm. Okay, But the top is seven or 8,000 feet. That river didn't make that canyon. It's a washed-out dam. And the river flows through there. The top of the canyon is higher than the bottom. The river only runs through the bottom. And the top is higher than where the river enters the canyon by 4,000 feet. The top is higher than the bottom. I do this just so that some of the people who believe in evolution might need a little visual help to understand, okay? The top is higher than the bottom. The river flows through the bottom. Rivers don't flow uphill. There is no delta. Where's all the mud that washed out? It was going through so fast from a lake draining, it washed it clear out probably to the Pacific Ocean. We have a little miniature version. We make Grand Canyon model here. Kids can push the button and fill it with water and make their own Grand Canyon in a few minutes. (laughs) If you plugged up Grand Canyon, these lakes would form again today based on just the elevation line. Go back to New Mexico, Colorado. All that water runs through one spot, Grand Canyon. In the middle, there's Monument Valley, where there are a bunch of stuff sticking up. The lake drained so fast, it washed around hard spots and left this. They didn't take millions of years. It took a few days. Rapid water. Mm. When the lake got too full, it went over the top and started eroding at the other side. All dams wash out from the far side in. Go to watch on YouTube, Dam Break at Dinosaur Adventure Land. When we got the property, the biggest lake there, it's an old gravel pit, uh, the dam had broken that they had built and drained the lake. 
So we built a small dam to hold the water to give us time to fix the big one. Then we purposely, seven years ago, Christmas Eve, last week, we purposely cut a notch in the top. You see me standing there with a shovel. I cut a notch, one shovel wide, four inches deep. Water starts coming over the top. In four minutes, that notch is eight feet wide. Hmm. And you can't stop it now. In seven minutes, the whole dam was gone, washed out, wow. gone in seven minutes. Once water starts moving, it becomes liquid sandpaper. Grand Canyon is a washed out dam. The uh, Teton Dam failed in 1976, started with a little bitty hole in the dam, water went gushing through, drained the whole lake in probably half hour. Just type in dam, Teton Dam failure. Is there any evidence that the earth is millions of years old? I'm not aware of any. Uh, I go through probably 50 different scientific ways to prove it's not millions of years right. old. On my video number one, uh, this is near my house. Somebody had a lake, had a, a farmer had a lake on his property. What would you guess happened there? If you're a detective, you arrive on the scene. Okay, officer, what do you think happened here? Uh, the dam broke. Yep. It didn't wash away the whole dam, cut a notch and drained the water out. Happens all the time. That's just in Repton, 10 miles away from us. So uh, as far as the age of the earth, I, I'll show you one that's, I think, kind of important for your listeners to get. Uh, seminar part one. You, you hear things like radiocarbon dating and this, yeah. and this and that a lot, but I don't think. Well, the guy last night mentioned radiocarbon dating and potassium argon dating and iridium strontium. I said, look, I'm familiar with all of those, but all of them are based on an obvious assumption. If you walked into a room and there's a candle burning on the table, there's a candle and it's burning. I say, when was it lit? How long has it been burning? I don't know. It was burning when I got here. Okay. Well, let's measure how tall it is. We get micrometers and measure it to the nearest bazillionth of an inch. Okay. That candle is seven inches tall. Nobody argues. And we, now we measure how fast is it burning. We get a stopwatch and time it. It's burning an inch an hour. Here's two hard scientific facts. It is seven inches tall. It's burning an inch an hour. Question. When was it lit? There's no way to tell me unless you make some assumptions. How tall was it when it started? Right. Was it eight inches tall or 10 miles tall? You can't know those things. Has it always burned at the same rate? You can't know that. When you dig up a rock and you find it has potassium or, or uranium or carbon-14, and you can tell how much is in it very accurately. I don't question that. You can tell how fast it's decaying very accurately. I don't, I don't question that. When, was, when did it start? No idea. How much was in it when it started? Has the decay rate been the same? Just the nuclear tests, they don't nuclear test nothing, the bombs they dropped on Japan, Hiroshima and Nagasaki, that upset the carbon content in the atmosphere so badly, everything gives wild, wild dates. Mm. They take living snails, break a piece off the shell, carbon dated, it'll be 20,000 years old. <laughs> These fossils are actually dated by which layer they come from. They're not dated by carbon dating. I'll just show you a few here. Wow. Number 49. Okay, Alt-DV. I'm going to go for all day here. But uh, I cover probably 30 scientific ways, maybe 50, uh, how the Earth cannot be billions of years old. You walk into a cave and you find stalagmites, stalactites growing from the ceiling, okay? And they say these took millions of years. Now, all the cave formations in the world could have formed in 4,000 years since Noah's flood. Um, the Earth's magnetic field is getting weaker. They've known this for a long time. If you do the math on this, it's only a few thousand years old. That's why they say the magnetic field flips, which it cannot possibly do. That is baloney. Magnetic field gets stronger and weaker, and I cover all that on video six, why, what's happening there, but the magnetic field. Uh, the Earth 
Water runs off the mountains, off the ground, into the oceans, and brings with it mineral salts. Evaporation takes out just the water. The oceans indicate they've gone from fresh water to 3.6% salt in less than 5,000 years. Uh, if the oceans are billions of years old, why haven't they become like the Salt, lakes, salt Lake or the Dead Sea, you know? The oceans are less than 5,000 years old. The moon is going, getting further from the earth, but it's, it, that means it used to be closer. They do all the math on this and say, guys, the earth-moon system can't be more than 1.4 billion years old. If you get two magnets and bring them in closer, pretty soon they snap together. Because if you, it's called the inverse square law. If you brought two magnets to one-third the distance, you take one-third, flip it over, and square it. It's nine times the pull at one-third the distance. I tell people this inverse square law applies to magnetism, gravity, and girls. You get too close, and you know, never mind. Okay, so there are lots of different ways to show, like the human population. Nine billion people predicted for 2050. Okay, I don't know if that's going to happen or not. But um, If you look back at the time of Christ, 2,000 years ago, the whole world only had one quarter of a billion people. So they show the textbook saying, oh, there was a quarter billion people for hundreds of millions of years. Oh, people didn't figure out how to make babies for hundreds of millions of years. They had more babies than today. Way more. I think I've seen some dumb people figure that out. Mm -hmm. Okay, not complicated. So I go through probably 40 different ways about the how to prove the Earth is not billions of years old. Uh, the ice core dating and all that stuff. If Niagara Falls is eroding. Niagara Falls is eating its way backwards. All waterfalls move backwards, okay? And... They know where it was in 1764. They know Niagara Falls is receding 4.7 feet a year. And they know it's only moved seven miles from where it started. Well, do the math. It's less than 5,000 years old. Well, I have a question. You know, sure. you talk about the, uh, the moon and um, the Earth's magnet becoming weaker and the rotation becoming slightly slower. Right. How does that line up with what is going to happen in the future? You know, the in Revelation, it talks about the end. Uh, do you have any type of belief or assumptions around that based on evidence? While I was in prison unjustly for nine years, I wrote a book uh, called What on Earth is About to Happen, based on what the Bible says. We call it our Woe series, What on Earth, Woe. What on Earth is About to Happen? I, I used to believe that we could be raptured out of here any minute, you know, the pre-tribulation rapture. I wish it's true. It's not. In Matthew chapter 24, Jesus' disciples said, Lord, when are you coming back and what's the sign we should watch for? Matthew 24. Mark 13, same thing. Lord, when are you coming? What's the sign? Luke 21. Lord, when are you coming? What's the sign? Okay. In the next 20 verses in those chapters, he tells them about the horrible time of tribulation that's coming. And he says, guys, you're probably going to be killed. The Christians are going to be killed. You're going to be hated. They're going to kill Christians. And then at the end of the tribulation, I'm coming back when the sun and the moon go dark. It's mentioned 10 times in the Bible, the sun and the moon going dark. Uh, revelation 6 is the last one. So we're here up until Revelation 6, 12. We're here for the first few seals. Uh, I believe it's going to get really bad. Christians better realize you're probably going to lose everything, including your life, in the next couple of years. Mm. So... The disciples felt that way with going out spreading the gospel. They knew, hey, go as far as we can until they kill us. We're so busy, worried about, you know, taking care of things here on earth, we forgot the real reason. Yeah. You, you mentioned a couple times uh, about, you know, prison and uh, things like that. Are, are you able to kind of 
speak to that at all and, oh, and yeah, what happened? Question. I got nothing to hide. Yeah, I mean, I'm curious because some people uh, listening, like you said, yeah, you, you on YouTube, you're one of the most hated people. So some people watching, listening, there may be certain people who leverage that. You know, what what happened? They they want badly to discredit me in some other area. So they so they don't listen to my create. It wouldn't matter who I was. I could right. be Al Capone right. if I'm teaching the truth on creation. That th that wouldn't matter. Okay, what happened? Uh, we had a lot of college students working at our ministry, and they'd come whenever they could for a couple hours between their college schedule. So we kept cash on hand. We paid them cash, and they paid their own taxes. Okay, so every two weeks, my wife would go down. The, the trust one of the trustees of the ministry said, "Kent, Congress passed a law. If you take out over ten thousand dollars from your bank, the bank has to fill out a form." called a cash transaction report. They can fill out all the forms they want. I don't care. Okay, So the drug dealers who are dealing in cash, they would go in the morning and take out 9500 go in the afternoon and take out 9500 and the bank would not fill out the form. They would not trigger the bank to fill out the form. So Congress passed another law in their great brilliance and says if you do two transactions in one day that are less than 10000 but they total over 10000 you have now structured your transactions to evade the reporting requirement. We never did that. Once every two weeks, my wife would go to the bank, take out 9,500 to keep cash on hand for all paying all the bills we did around there. Okay, right down the road here, okay? And so once every two weeks, never, several times took out over 10,000 and they, the bank filled out their form. I don't care about the bank filling out a form. Nothing, I've never tasted taken drugs of any kind. Never tasted alcohol. I'll be 71 in a couple days, January mm. 15th, okay? So the, that, so that when they came in and arrested me for structuring, 45 times they said, you took out less than $10,000. Yeah, we never did over 10000 And if they did over ten, they'd fill out their form. It's a form the bank has to do. So my attorney said, Kent, don't even give a defense. There's no crime here. You didn't do anything wrong. Have you ever taken out less than 10000 out of your bank? Oh, yeah. There you go. That's what they put me in. The judge at sentencing said, Mr. Hoven, this crime you committed is worse than rape. Hmm. Normally you get six months for structuring. I'm going to give you 10 years. We paid the $4,000 to get this transcript of the trial so we could do an appeal. You got to do the appeal within 12 months. They waited 14 months to give me the transcript and changed it. They took out the worse than rape stuff. Wow. Eight people signed affidavits that I heard the judge say that. The judge who's still on the bench down here, I believe, Margaret Casey Rogers, she's the one who did it. She was the judge in my trial, gave me nine, 10 years in prison for taking her own money out of her own bank. The, the, the YouTube or the website, um, kenthovenisinnocent.net, has all the details. I did not commit a crime. and Because I, I was saying in my seminar about how uh, evolution is, is behind the new world order. Hmm. And somebody asked me in the comments, what about IRS? I said, well, IRS is a private company. It's not part of the government. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's a private company. If you owe a tax, pay it. I've never never been a tax protester. I paid tax getting gas on the way down here. Mm -hmm. okay? You paid tax when you got the bottle of water, didn't you? The, I'm not against it. you got to have taxes to run. I'm not a tax protester. I believe everybody should obey the law, including the government. That gets them angry. Mm. So we're still fighting it. We're going to put in a, uh, what do they call it, uh, some kind of motion that says this, this, this was t totally wrong conviction. It's got some Latin name. Error quorum novus. And they would have to, if, they, if they're honest, they would have to overturn my case from 17 years ago, pay me damages for taking away everything for nine years. That's going to be a bunch of money. Mm -hmm. 
I've never had a new car in my life. I think I'm going to buy a new motorcycle. When I <laughs> <laughs> nice. So you're about to be 71? Yeah. You you look pretty young. I mean, looks like you take... What do you do to take care of yourself? Um, I take a lot of vitamins and minerals. Uh, I try to avoid things that are harmful to the health. I get exercise. I jump to conclusions a lot. That's good exercise, you know. Mm-hmm. Run down the boss, that's good exercise. I don't oh, know. God's just been really good, you know. I just have, he's been... Yeah. Uh, been amazing so that's awesome is, is there anything you could have done different in hindsight to prevent what sounds like a crime Would no that... they, they didn't i had no clue they were even looking at me okay because they did, wasn't doing anything wrong right um and so they came and the, the u.s attorney spent five years and were the reason that when they came in and said get every dvd number five the dangers of evolution that's the clue that's what they're really wanting is to shut me up mm-hmm one paralegal guy spent uh, 18, 15 or 18 months investigating everything. He read every document. He redid the uh, channel, the YouTube, or no, the uh, website, kenthovenisinnocent.net. He said, they broke 100 laws to put you in prison. Wow. They went through three juries. The two first two juries refused to find me guilty. They kept calling new juries until one found me guilty. Jury shopping. That's illegal. How do they do that when they had? They, do they, they got the guns. find somebody who is compromised and I don't call know. It, okay. While I was in prison, they moved me thirty-two times. No way. They call it diesel therapy. They shut this guy up, hoping some, hoping during transfer one of the goofy inmates will kill you or something, you know. So you moved uh, four times a year ish, oh, five yeah. times. Yeah. Started right here in Pensacola. My family could come see me, and they ended up in New Hampshire, Colorado. Uh, I was all over the place, California. Wow. And a lot of time locked on a, on a bus, you know. But, hey, I held Bible study four times a day. I led 800 men to the Lord, answered over 8,000 letters. Uh, led, led, you know, half the Bible's written from prison. I didn't like it. I don't want to go again, but, hey, God's good. Yeah, you made the most of it. Yeah. We appreciate you coming on. Well, thank you for having yeah, me. Yeah. I didn't know about your show. I'd be, come on anytime. It's 70 miles. I'll drive down. Yeah, yeah. Come up across it, right across the interstate, Lenox, Alabama. It's a well, town about that big. You have to we'll get have a magnifying glass to find it. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, last question. For someone who's listening to this and, and inspired to start developing a deeper relationship with God, what would your recommendation be? Where do they start? The first thing you do is you got to get born into God's family. you got to become one of his kids. And to do that, you have to, John chapter 3, Jesus said you have to be born again. Okay. When you got, you got born the first time because of what somebody else did, okay? You had nothing to do with getting born. You probably didn't even know what's going on, okay? Mom and dad did the work, paid the bills, went through the pain, and you got a free gift of life. Jesus did everything, and we just have to accept it. Um, if I take a seed like an apricot seed, I want to grow an apricot tree. I lay it on top of the ground, nothing will happen. The ground has to receive it before it can do its job. If I open up the dirt, stick the seed in, now the seed can do the magic of growing the tree. We're like the dirt. Jesus is the seed. When you invite him in, he starts growing from the inside, making you into a whole new person. So February 9th, 1969, one guy said, Kent, are you going to heaven? I said, I don't know. I've been baptized, catechized, circumcised, homogenized, pasteurized. You know, what else you got to do? He said, have you ever sinned? Have you ever broken God's laws? I said, well, yeah. He said, well, then you're going to hell. I said, wait, won't God put my stuff on a teeter-totter, you know, good against the bad? He said, what judge on earth would do that? If you went to court and said, Your Honor, I did murder that guy, but look at all the people I did not murder. Surely my good outweighs my bad. They'd laugh at you. Well, okay, we won't punish you for the good. We'll just punish you for the bad. If God gave you what you deserve for the sins you've committed, you'd be in serious trouble. 
See, what's it take to go to heaven? Perfection. And none of us can do that. So Jesus, God in the flesh, said, I'll do it for you. He lived the perfect life, let them crucify him, and his sacrifice now pays for my sins. See, there's only two religions in the world, <clears throat> Cain and Abel. Cain brought his fruit and vegetables. Hey, God, look what I did for you. You better take me because of what I did. God wouldn't take it. Abel brought a sacrifice. God said, you got mm. it. Adam and Eve sinned. They made aprons out of fig leaves. God said, no, no, something has to die. And so when you understand a perfect God requires the death penalty for any sin, that means all of us are hopeless. We can't go. So the first thing you got to do is admit, Lord, I'm a sinner. I, I'm guilty. But I believe you died for me. I'd like to receive you into my heart. Would you pay for my sins? And that starts the process. You now, the mother has to receive the seed from the father to get the baby started growing. Getting born is the easy part, takes a few minutes, but the growing takes years and years and years. Mm -hmm. You get born into God's family just simply by asking him to forgive you and save you. Bingo, you're born. Now growing, that takes a long time. Okay? Read the Bible, pray, go to church, those things help you grow. Then pretty soon you reach to the point, you get to the age, you say, man, I want to make my own babies. I want to find a wife or a husband and get married and make my own. And so it's the same thing spiritually. You get born again because of what Jesus did. You grow by reading the Bible and praying. And then you want to go make your own babies. Tell somebody else about them. And that's the greatest joy in life. Mm. I love telling people. I love saying, would you like to pray right now and ask him to save you? Yeah. The first guy I ever did, led to the Lord, I asked him that question. Uh, done in Bloomington, Illinois. He said, yeah. I was only 16. I said, I don't know. How to, I had a gospel track in my pocket, God's four spiritual laws. I didn't know what to do. So at the end, it had a prayer. To receive Christ, just pray this prayer. So I said, well, let's pray this prayer. Close your eyes. I kept one eye open, and I read the prayer off the track, okay? <laughs> Lord, I'm a sinner. He said, Lord, I'm a sinner. I deserve to go to hell. I deserve to go to hell. But I believe you died for me. I believe you rose from the dead. Would you please forgive me and save me? Come into my heart. That's what I prayed 55 years ago. I tell you, something changed in Kent Hovind. Hmm. It's like a whole new a seed got planted. For the next few weeks, I was afraid to talk because I cursed so badly. I thought, oh, no. I don't want to say those words anymore. Before, it wouldn't bother me. All of a sudden, it bothered me. I said, what's the matter? What happened? <laughs> when a woman gets pregnant, there ought to be some changes. Yeah. You know, if she says, I'm pregnant, and six months later, you don't see a bump, and nine months later, you don't see a baby, I'm sorry, lady, you're not pregnant. Someone says, I'm a Christian, but they would still act like a heathen. I don't think they're saved. I can't be a judge on that, but yeah. I wouldn't stake my life on their salvation because <laughs> something changes. So salvation, getting saved is the easy part. Growing takes a long time. Mm -hmm. And you might get a few scars and bumps and broken bones along the way. A couple years in prison. Yeah, a couple years in prison, yeah. <laughs> well, thank you again. Thanks for listening to the Biohacking Secrets Podcast.